What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for a practice report driven by Byers Auto. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. Of course, I am simply Spencer Holbrook. Let's talk about what we learned, Tim, from Ryan Day, the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes football program, Jim Knowles, the defensive coordinator of that program, and Tony Alford, the running back coach, and apparently a recruiting um, you know, master considering how many recruiting questions he fielded. But we're going to talk about what we learned, Tim. What did you learn? from hearing from those three um, people in powerful positions at Ohio State. The Jackson Smith and Jigba, number one, is in play to possibly play this week, mm -hmm. you know. I think if, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting call by them and the medical staff and, <clears throat> and Jackson because you just figure if he could just get to the bye week, or no, it's not a bye week, it's an off week, and have uh, two more weeks maybe between here and playing again, uh, that would do him a lot of good. Yes. I know he's champing at the bit to play again. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Jordan Hancock is still probably a couple of three weeks away. I understand he also had, you know, a hamstring situation, a much more severe situation going on there that happened in preseason camp. Um, and boy, it's just amazing to me how well this defense is playing right now, and the players, the 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 people they've gone through at cornerback and at safety. I mean, we all saw Tanner McAllister have to leave the game the other day, and uh, Kai Stokes goes in, freshman. Obviously, he got here early in January, had a tremendous spring game, but just guys filling in for guys, and this defense is still playing at a very high level. Uh, they haven't, and you know, so far faced what I'd call a big-time offense yet. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to be the case this week against Michigan State. But then, you know, obviously Jim Knowles, I found out he's a basically basically a six cup a day coffee guy, but that doesn't really sum it up since he gets coffee and then adds espresso to the top of it. Uh, so I found that out today uh, when I asked him. But then past that, just the way uh, he thinks this defense is playing well and can play better, you know, disappointed when somebody said, wow, what a change you've had uh, in uh, what, uh, third down. Is it third down defense or was it red zone defense? But you're now third number. Down. Yeah, third down, you're now number 10 in the country. He aspires to be much better than that on third down, even though teams have had a tough time the last three weeks doing anything on third down. And then with Tony Alford, just talking about Mayan Williams again, getting probed about Mayan Williams. And, you know, you heard me ask that question about just these guys are, you know, you've got to bring the violence when you're, when you're a running back. And just the way he described Mayan Williams and how he does bring it in that regard, but just how much uh, respect he has for that young man. And also, as you well know, uh, you know, Mayan Williams was considered, we talked about this the other night, maybe the third or fourth choice they had uh, at that running back spot, guys went elsewhere. And uh, Tony Alford was catching a lot of heat by, you know, forums and yeah. stuff like that. Who cares? But he was catching a lot of heat. Uh, Lo and behold, he had faith in this young man, Mayan Williams, who was committed to Iowa State, who decided to flip and go to Ohio State. And I think people now see that Tony Alford does have an eye for talent, but you can't take everybody you're going after every year anyway. But think about this team without Mayan Williams right now. It's kind of hard to do. So that's a lot that you just Well, you asked me to sum up the three guys, not one. Well, I was just hoping you, for you one. You stepped into that quicksand. I was hoping for one lesson learned. Tim just did the whole practice for it. Let's get out of here. But I thought anyway. you meant one lesson learned from each guy. Well, anyways, uh, let's get on to the – let's go back to the injury report, Tim. We talked about, uh, you know, a little bit about about different guys. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Hancock. Uh, I definitely – 
and keep an eye on Travion Henderson, who yeah. was dealing with a foot issue um, that was that's dating back to a few weeks now, according to some sources that we've talked to, both of us. Um, I think he will be good to go. Um, everybody seems to think that that was just a setback on Saturday, and and you know that was a warm-up issue. He couldn't really get that thing going. So yeah. you wonder if that's going to be a lingering thing. But Ryan Day said he's hopeful, and I asked him straight up if, if he expects Travion to be back this week, and he, he said emphatically, without hesitation, yes. So if you want more information about that, it's at LettermanRoad.com. We've got a story up about Travion already. The other one that's interesting to me, Tim, is, is Cameron Brown, who Ryan Day was asked about him, and and, and the prospect of him coming back, and, and that's a possibility this week. Now, if you talk about having Denzel Burke back after he missed one week, getting Cameron Brown back, getting Travion Henderson back, possibly getting Jackson Smith and Jigba back, and then Jordan Hancock at least making steps toward progress with Michigan State looking not as formidable as we thought that this road that's trip would fair. be. And then the, the off week, the idle week, the, the bye week, whatever you want to call it, they're not playing that Saturday, the twenty the, the 15th. Yeah. You're looking at what could be a full strength and legitimate full strength Ohio State for that trip, for that uh, you know incoming Iowa team that comes to the horseshoe on October 22nd. This is a team that could dynamically and drastically change in the next two to three weeks based on availability. Jackson Smith and Jake, but Trivion Henderson, those guys in the secondary. Now we got to keep an eye on Tanner McAllister, see if he's going to be able to go. Uh, Tyleek Williams, another guy who, who left the field <coughs> and was was in was out of his shoulder pads at the end of the game there on Saturday. So the injury front, it looks like everything is starting to move, move in an upward trajectory for Ohio State, but you're always going to have those bangs and bruises as you get five, six weeks into the season. Those are just yeah. going to happen. Well, yeah, but you also don't know who's banged up uh, this week, who wasn't banged up a week ago? I mean, yeah. I, as, as obviously Emeka Ibuka became a game time decision, a warm up time decision. He played and played extremely well. He did not look 100 percent on Saturday. Well, he still played extremely yeah. well. I mean, yeah, that punt he didn't field correctly. You know, uh, you know, obviously C.J. Stroud explained that didn't bother his passing game or throwing the ball, but it definitely affected that punt. And as you know, Ryan Day so rightly explained the winds in Ohio Stadium where they're so capricious because it looks like it's coming due out of the north uh, uh, with the flag and stuff, but you'll get these whirlwinds down there. You know, I, I remember doing a story about that a long time ago with one of the Ohio State punters about how you had to deal with, uh, you wanted to go over there and practice punting when it was a windy day just so you could see the little eddy, the air eddies that form uh, and uh, can create havoc with a ball that's uh, coming down through the air. But the bottom line is, uh, Emeka Egbuka played well. Did he get a little more banged up or not? You know, I guess we're not going to know until the end of the week and things like that. That's that's the nature of football. But you're exactly right. If they can get to this off week, this upcoming off week, you know, and the reason I call it an off week is because you're off that week. You don't have to play. A bye means you get a an easier trip into the next round. You know, like in a uh, a tournament. You know, a bracket tournament. You have a bye as opposed to an off week. You just don't play. So with that said, I'm not I'm not cajoling. I'm just saying people. People play with those two words like they're the same and they're not. Uh, but the flip side of it is that doesn't matter. The, what matters is is guys getting extra rest to get to get more healthy, like you're talking about. And you're exactly right. This team could look so much different going into that Iowa game than it did even last week or even this week from a health standpoint. It could, for one of another word, look more formidable. Yeah, and it could look a little bit more scary to try to defend if you talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba being back on the field. That's always the storyline. You know, I kind of feared walking into the building today because it would have been the third straight week I would have written a quick 
Tuesday Jackson injury Smith update yeah. on Jackson Smith and Jigba. Fortunately, uh, I guess for my typing fingers, I didn't have to do that today. But but it does sound like he's progressing. You know, it's one of those issues where you get a good day, you have a bad day. You have a good day, you have an okay day. You have a really good day, you have an eh, okay day. Um, so it's it's just day by day and. and Day by day can be week to week when you talk about a hamstring issue, and I think that's what Jackson Smith and Jigba is dealing with. But that's enough on the injury front, Tim. We talked to Jim Knowles. He was really spirited today. It seemed like he had already had those six cups of coffee with the espresso uh, dumped on top of him. Um, I only had one cup this morning. That reminds me of an old Woody Hayes story, which I'll tell one of these days on here. <laughs> I only had one cup this morning, and, and I feel pretty good to go, so let's keep talking here. Um, this defense just continues to impress. Rutgers was one of 11 on third down. Uh, Ohio State's the top 10 defense right now in yards per game, I believe. Um, getting up there and scoring defense, and uh, you you look at the way that it's just progressing and the way it looks, but the sack numbers aren't there. The defensive line uh, dominance in stat numbers are not there. Um, it's just an interesting proposition. you got your linebackers playing so well and getting to the ball, and that's a byproduct of the defensive line, but everybody wants to see those sexy stats that are sacks and quarterback hurries and things like that. And like a guy like Zach Harrison, who played really well Saturday, doesn't have those. JT Tuimoloau still doesn't have his sack numbers. Jack Sawyer really doesn't have a lot of sack numbers. But it's all coming together the way Ohio State wants it to. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jim Knowles doesn't really care what the sack numbers are. As long as this defense continues to play well and look like this, he's going to be pretty happy. You know who else doesn't care about the sack numbers? Uh, Tim May, 40-year veteran, I think is what you call me. The vet. Are you affecting the quarterback? This defense nine times out of ten is affecting the quarterback in one form or fashion. Uh, Makes sense. I mean, basically giving them trouble. I mean, Graham Mertz, uh, that first pass at whatever it was, you know, the interception whatever by Tanner McAllister. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I'm trying to remember exactly which play it was in the game, but the way it flipped that game. But he and his receiver were not on the same page. Why were they not on the same page? Because they didn't look at the defense exactly the same at the, at the, at the jump. And next thing you know, uh, Graham Merch throws the ball straight to Tanner McAllister. Yeah. Dude, I'd much rather have that than a sack. You understand what I'm saying? This defense is, is more and more as you're, you're right. watching this, as you're watching this defense uh, bloom right in front of your eyes, is creating more and more problems for the for the two primary guys that Jim Knowles targeted when he first showed up here. It's the opposing quarterback, but even more than that, the opposing offensive coordinator, the plays he's playing. What teams you're going to see do more of, they're even more competent offensively than, than Rutgers. Let's face it, that was not a, you know, wow. You just hope that's not their offense three years from now. You know, Wisconsin, and, and too. The, and the, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Wisconsin just fired their coach, so you know that's not the offense they're going to be, uh, they're aspiring to be. But the point is, you stranglehold them, strangleheld them for the most part in those two games. Fourth quarter, Wisconsin scores two touchdowns. Big whoopee. You got beat 52 to 21. Uh, Rutgers couldn't even muster 200 yards of offense against this team. And it's one one touchdown was after a muffed punt, a short field, and, you know, Denzel Burt was one-on-one. The guy, I wouldn't, I don't know if they, I'd call that a 50-50 ball because the guy really, beat, you know, beat him yeah. to the ball. But the point is, like, uh, like Jim Knowles was talking about, you've got to get better and better at these 50-50 balls. You know why? Because frustrated offenses are, go are going to start throwing even more of those, mm -hmm. putting the ball sort of, semi up for grabs and making as we've talked about on this thing many times where's the fewest guys if you're one-on-one -on, -one on a on a on a wide receiver that's where the fewer defenders are hey give that a shot 
because yep. this other stuff is not working. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg and, and uh, Steel Chambers are playing as well as any linebacker tandem in the country right now. We touched on that. And just, I don't know, it, it, I just see this thing really, from a defensive standpoint, getting better and better as the year goes on. I don't think that's hyperbole. No, not at all, Tim. And then, you know, you flip over to the other side of the ball and, and Mayan Williams, as long as he's toting the rock the way he is right now with 7.7 .7 yards of carry, that's... Number two yeah. in the country in that regard. Number one in the country for guys who have more than 50 carries, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, or for, have more than 400 yards. You're exactly right. Yeah, and, and you know, he's he's one of the best backs right now in the Big Ten, maybe even around the country. Um, and that he and he's supposedly not even the best back on the roster, with Trayvon Henderson possibly coming back. So you talk about getting that talented stable of weapons back on this offense, and then the defense, you factor in everything that it's doing correctly, and it's going to continue to learn things in this Jim Knowles system on this practice field in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, uh, translating that to the games in the Horseshoe and in Spartan Stadium on Saturday at 4 o'clock on ABC, Tim. It, it's a scary thought to think because this Ohio State team has dominated. Of course, it's been lesser competition, I will say that. Wisconsin is a down Wisconsin. Even Notre Dame is a down Notre Dame, supposedly. Um, I think they're still improving. You know, Rutgers is, is what Rutgers is right now. I thought Notre Dame gave, for, for the opening game, gave its best shot. Oh, I did. I mean, no. I, I knew you agree with me. And and the other thing about that game is, you know, people keep talking about how 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 lopsided Ohio State's winning games right now. They've won every game by at least double figures. But the Notre Dame game, they were trailing going in, I think, the fourth quarter. But the bottom line is they scored two touchdowns in the last 20 minutes and won that game. Uh, that was a great test out of the out of the box for this uh, for this offense, which loses their number one, maybe their number one weapon in Jackson Smith and Jigba but was able to compensate for it. Even like Ryan Day said, we've talked about this, Ryan Day said he, even he had to like hit hit reset because mm -hmm. he had so many things planned with Jackson Smith and Jigba going to that game. You know, probably, it's crazy, there's probably a whole chapter in his playbook or, you know, on his tab, his tablet, that's Jackson Smith and Jigba related. And now you had to figure out other guys to get involved in the mix like Xavier Johnson playing in place of Jackson Smith and Jigba at, at points catching the go-ahead touchdown pass, like you're just you're in or indicating right now, there is so much, there, this team can be so much better than it is now, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. And and a lot of that has to do with guys who might come back into the into the fold, I mean, into the playing time. I and mean, then on top of that, other things are gonna be sprinkled into this offense and defense. It's, it's crazy. Ohio State's taking that show, I think we could call it a show, yeah. especially that offense, taking the show on the road Saturday at 4 o'clock, like I said, in Spartan Stadium up in East Lansing. Tim will be there. Uh, Spencer will be there. Matt Parker will be there taking some photos. Yeah. Uh, like I said, we'll have full on the boots, boots on the ground, easier for me to say, coverage of Ohio State, Michigan State at 4 o'clock in East Lansing on Saturday. This is simply the practice report driven by Byers Auto. That's Tim May, the 40-year vet. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Ohio State's about to start practice, Tim. We're getting kicked out of here. Um, Good. Buckeyes will practice Tuesday. Wednesday, we'll have another practice report presented by Byers Auto. We'll see you back in here on Wednesday night for Ohio State media availability. See you there.